0: Welcome into At The Podium. This is Episode 9. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. This is all brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Look, the day we've all been waiting for is finally here. Months after his offseason surgery for a herniated disc, Timmy Jernigan has been cleared to return to practice, giving the Eagles some sorely needed reinforcements, especially needed along the interior of that defensive line. Now, to be clear, Jernigan is not on the active roster yet and is still on the NFI list, but he did participate in the walkthrough today on Monday, and this opens a 21-day window where the Eagles can activate him at any point. Jernigan added 24 pressures, 2.5 sacks, and 13 run stops to the Eagles' defense last year. And before we get too excited, we can only guess what type of player we'll be getting back. Back injuries can be extremely difficult for big men to overcome, but you hope that we get him back at least close to full health and he brings some of his trademark first-step juice to the defense. We will keep you updated on Jernigan as we move through this week and let you know if anything changes with his status. And of course, BleedingGreenNation.com will be following it very closely. Conversely, the NFC East leading Washington Redskins have received some terrible news. It comes in threes, and it is a massive hit to them. Offseason season addition wide receiver Paul Richardson Jr., who signed a five-year, $40 million contract to join the Redskins, will get surgery on his AC joint in his shoulder and miss the rest of the year. Richardson was their top receiver with 262 yards, only behind tight end Jordan Reed in terms of the entirety of the team. This leaves their receiving core with Josh Doxson, Mo Harris, Brian Quick, and Michael Floyd. Not exactly intimidating. The next player done for the year is Sean Laval. Apologies if I butchered that name. He came off the field against the Falcons with a knee injury, couldn't put any weight on it, and was wheelchaired off. Turns out he does indeed have a torn ACL. When he came off, it forced the Redskins to move Chase Royer into his guard spot, which brought in Tony Bergstrom at center. Trent Williams is still dealing with his thumb injury. Not sure when he's going to return. Morgan Moses, the tackle, was sidelined with a knee injury but was forced back into action after Laval went down. And then, boom, One more big hit, elite, and I don't throw that word around lightly, elite guard, Brandon Sheriff, the two-time pro bowler, went down clutching his chest against the Falcons. It has been revealed that he has a torn pec and will need surgery. His season is done. So that is a catastrophic sequence of events for a Redskins offense that wasn't exactly lighting up the scoreboard anyway. They're in 26th in the league at 20 points per game. And the thing propping them up, their defense, was exposed against the Falcons and allowed 38 points in a bad loss. I never take enjoyment out of any team or player suffering injuries, but the fact remains that the Eagles, down one game in the East to the Redskins now, are seeing that door open just a little bit more after the rash of unfortunate events in Washington. So that was a little bit longer of an intro to this show than normal, but it was certainly necessary. Before we kick it over to the press conferences, which will be Micro first, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, and then defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz, who will have some words about Timmy Jernigan, I wanted to remind you that Dallas sucks, and here's to them hopefully dropping back from contention with a loss to the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football tonight. All right, let's kick it over to these press conferences. We'll start with Mike Rowe, who opens up with some golden tate shatter.
1: Great job. And uh, you know, obviously just getting everybody back today off of bye week. Um, you know, we're we're jumping in the pool with both feet and um, he's he's a veteran player, he's been in a couple different systems, so he uh, you know he has got familiarity with different systems in the league and he can relate it to it, you know, things that he's done in the past and we're trying to look back at things that he's had a lot of success with and, and start there.
2: How do you handle yeah. that with
1: Um, yeah, well, obviously, we, you know, we, we watch a lot of the things that he's done over the last several years. And, um, you know, just, just to familiarize yourself with the, with the player and things that, it, that he's been asked to do and things that he can do well and, and um, you know, just try to, you know, start there and build a foundation mm-hmm. from there. Firepower, uh, you guys have on the outside now with him and Zach and Mel, is that, is that kind of group of receivers almost a necessity in today's game given the level of scoring we are seeing? Well, you need a lot of weapons for sure. I mean, you got to spread spread people out and kind of make them choose a little bit and how they want to try to defend you. And uh, you know, when you've got you know a compliment on, on the other side of the field that um, they've always got to be aware of, that makes you a lot harder to defend. And, and we think that his skill set certainly is very complementary to the guys that we already had. And um, and we just got to try to you know work them into it. What does he do well? What is what is Golden do well? Um, well, he's extremely competitive. And uh, he's got excellent play strength, and, and, and I think we all know and are aware of his statistics, um, you know, after he gets the ball in his hands. So, uh, you know, we're yeah. excited about that dimension that he brings. But, um, you know, he's, he's a really competitive guy, and uh, I think that, uh, you know, he fits nicely and complements the guys that we already have in the huddle. As the coaching staff, you have a, a veteran coming in who knows, you mentioned his knowledge of other offenses. Um, do you kind of overload him right away, or do you kind of ease him into these things? I think you try to balance that a little bit I mean you you know we want to try to get him going as quickly as we can so we can't just spoon feed him all the way but um we want him to be playing fast when he's in there so there, there's a little bit of a balance to that and um you know he'll kind of tell us based on how quickly he's picking things up as to how much more we can keep feeding Do you,
2: you see him and Nelson as being similar type of receivers and if so like how, how would they be able to complement each other on the field at the same time or if, is there any kind of change in
1: we think they're both dynamic players, so you know the more dynamic players you can get on the field at one time, um, the harder you are to defend, and um, you know they, they certainly do s- some similar things very well, um, but I think they got different types of games too. So uh, you know that's that's the thing that we're working through over the you know next week or so, where we're trying to put it all together for Sunday. In Colvin's case, he's had success in the short passing game. Can the short passing game be used in place of the run game in certain situations? Yeah, I think so. If you're kicking the ball out on time and the defense is retreating and giving those guys to operate in space, you can. I mean, obviously the West Coast offense was was born that way. Um, so yeah, absolutely, I think there's a place for that. But it doesn't. It uh, uh, it certainly doesn't replace uh, the physicality of a run game. What stuck out about his performance against Dallas Week Four. I uh, you know he had a lot of explosive plays, a couple touchdowns. You um, know was able to get down the sideline. These guys, um, you know, made a guy miss on the sideline and 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 went the rest of the way for a touchdown. So. Um, you know, he was a big part of the reason why they were in that game. Does it help you at all that you have fresh tape that you can you know, possibly I mean, use Because he you played game against game. Dallas and we're playing Dallas, you mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we would watch the, we would watch the tape anyway, but, I, you know, I don't think we can sit here and say we're going to run the exact same plays that worked for you the last time. So, um, you know, we're obviously evaluating the Detroit game anyway uh, because we're playing Dallas, so.
2: Why do you think Golden's been so effective on third downs in his career? What about his skill set makes him such a dominant player? Well,
1: I, I think that um, he's quarterback friendly in terms of, you know, his body language. Uh, he and Matthew Stafford played a lot of ball together. And, um, you know, before that with, with Russell Wilson, those guys were able to figure out, uh, you know, his body language at the top of routes. And he's he's got really good short area quickness, so he can set guys up, keep guys off balance and, uh, like we've talked about already today, um, you know he can break tackles when he needs to. He's got good play strength, lower body strength to uh, to be able to you know plant and, and run through some arm tackles. It's the body
2: not just gold tape, but there's you know there's potentially a lot of new pieces that are going to be worked in in the second half um, to get them all, to get the most of them back. How do you do that? How do you work that all out? Who who are you
1: asking about? I mean like
2: like Darius Foles, yeah, yeah, maybe uh, Mike Wallace. Back,
1: back, back right. I mean, all those guys, obviously, we're, we're hopeful that, that, that they'll return at some point. But, um, uh, you know, when that time comes and, you know, we'll, we'll cross our bridge. Um, right now, we're just worried about the guys that we know can play on Sunday and uh, trying to get those guys ready to go. body I don't know if it, that's kind of hard to describe, but it's just something that. Um, that you just kind of build up and you can kind of feel as a quarterback. And I'm guessing a little bit. I wasn't there in Detroit, but, um, you know, he's, he's just uh, – the way he sets up defenders, I think, is, uh, is is easy for quarterbacks once they've had opportunity to work with a guy to, uh, to see how he sets them up and, and the subtleties that he makes in his movements.
2: Do you have to have a conversation with any of the other receivers who's – I mean, it's just a, a fact of life is that other people are going to have fewer reps. There's only one ball. Do you have to have a conversation with some of the other guys about their roles, or is that something that, as a pro, they have to deal with uh,
1: anyway? Well, I think that we talk, we, we talk about it, but we've got guys in you know in, in, in our room, in our locker room, that the most important thing to these guys is winning, and they recognize that Golden Tate's a good football player and he's going to help us win football games. Did you guys do 1st half evaluations during the bye week as coaches? first half evaluations of the first half of the season Oh yeah. Point. We we are constantly evaluating ourselves. What did you come away with out of curiosity? Um you want everything that we've come away with? No. no Do you have a, say, just a like, like, well, big picture if there's like some
0: main things that you
1: that you took away as the offensive coordinator from evaluating the first eight games of the season. Well I, I think the general theme that we've we've talked about in here is um, you know, we've played well. We've, we've done well on third down in situational football. We've done well in the red zone. And, um, you know, we've been able to come away with, with points, and, and we need to continue to do that. We were good uh, against Jacksonville uh, in both those situations, and, and we need to continue to be able to do that. And uh, if we can do that, we can be balanced. We can spread the ball around and, and get the ball to our playmakers, um, patrol line scrimmage, give Carson time to throw, then, then we're usually pretty good on offense. Only so good at one thing, but what can he give you down the field? Um, He's going to have to line up outside, I'm sure, sometimes. What can he give you on those deeper routes? This would be a work in in progress with Golden. And I certainly wouldn't stand up here and say what he's going to do and what he's not going to do. I mean, we're going to get out there on the grass with him on Wednesday and and start working towards that.
0: How is it to to learn a playbook in such a short period of time? It's like learning a new
1: language. Um, Like I said, he's got background in learning some new systems. So uh, he's a smart guy. He can relate it to things that he was doing in Detroit most recently. And, um, you know, we just we just try to build from there. It's it's not necessarily as hard uh, during the season because you're, you're focused on a game plan as opposed to in training camp when you're learning the entire playbook, like everything's going in so that you can draw from that as a resource throughout the season. So right now he knows he has a, a select number of plays that are in the game plan, and, um, and we just try to go from there. Do uh, you
0: have regular
1: uh, starting offensive line this week? I don't know where the guys are right now in terms of the injuries. I mean, we'd be hopeful too. Mike, Corey has struggled the last couple of
2: games. I think he's got like twelve carries, twelve yards. How much of that is just him coming back from that injury and trying to get back to the, you know, regain the, get in sync with the speed of the game? How much is is, is something else?
1: Um, I I think part of it is just that's football. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes uh. Guy breaks a tackle and, and, and makes a guy miss. Another time he's got a big hole to run through, and I think it's just yeah, maybe a little bit of luck of the draw for him. And, um, you know, he's doing everything that we're asking him to do. He's contributing on special teams. He's a big part of that unit and the success that they're having. Um, so I, I don't I don't think there's anything when you say struggle. I, I don't see a guy struggling. He just maybe hasn't had the breakout uh, game that we're hopeful to have. Where's the confidence level in Big B right now, and what does he need to do to get back to the player we saw last year? Well, I've got a lot of confidence in V. You see him go in the game the other day and, and play really well for us. Um, we had a number of guys go in and step up, whether it be uh, V or, or uh, Wiz uh, going in and play for us uh, during the course of the game or Isaac, you know, flipping out the right tackle when Lane went down. So um, we've got a lot of confidence in that group uh, and the way that they prepare, the fact that, they, you know, they're not going to get reps at every position they might be called on to play in the game. And um, the expectation is for them to play at a high level. And uh, those guys all really did, a, really did a really good job of that the other day.
2: Imagine the the self scout a little bit, the evaluation situational football. Did you guys come up with any tendencies as to the fact that why it hasn't been as successful? Was it just injuries, personnel? No, it'd be a
1: combination of factors. I think we're on track. Um, in, in a lot of areas we're really close. So we just just keep working at it each week. After yeah, we we liked uh, what Josh did the other day. You know, he needs to take care of the ball there in, in that one circumstance a little bit more. Um, that was a little bit closer than we all uh, would like. But um, you know, Josh has done a good job when when he's been given the opportunity, and that's that's what you want from everybody. Hey, just keep working, and when your opportunity comes, try to maximize it. What do well overall. Yeah. What does Josh do well overall? I, I like his skill set. He's got good size, and you know, he's he's been running downhill, running behind his pads, and uh, and and. Um, making guys miss for a big guy being able to stick his foot in the ground and and, and make the first one miss or, or break a tackle, he's done a good job of that. And he's got good hands out of the backfield. And he's been on his assignments from a protection standpoint, uh, which is the hardest thing for for most rookie backs to do. And and he's been on it, and he's demonstrated that in practice and, and earned people's trust. Yeah, they're they're um, they've they've done a good job and hold the points down. Um, They've got some talented players up there. They're good up front. And they can create some pressure, particularly on the edges, with uh, um, you know their D line. They've got speed at linebacker, and uh, they're covering well in the perimeter. So, um, you know, we're gonna have to put a good plan together to uh, to get ready to beat these guys. But they're, they're definitely having a good season.
2: Mike, one more on Josh Adams. What does a taller
1: running back have to do to kind of avoid being an easy target for a tackle? I nah, just get your knees, you know, knees bent, hips down, and the guy's been carrying the ball a long time. Um, so, you know, he's got, he's got his own playing style. So. Yep. All right. you That's why you stand. Okay. Well,
2: let's put, uh, back at practice, uh, relative terms today. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but it was good seeing him in a uniform and good, you know, just seeing him out there. You know he's, you know Timmy. He's he's got such an infectious smile and just a good demeanor around the game and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, get his clock going a little bit, um, get him in some individual drills and things like that, and just take it um, one day at a time with him.
0: What are your
2: expectations for him returning to a game? I don't have any. I mean, it's just it, it's going to be totally based on you know where he is, um, first day of training camp. First day of OTAs, um, you know, all that's, you know, where he is. But you're also talking about a guy that's a veteran player, that's played a lot of football, that, um, you know, has been working extremely hard. So coming back from a major injury, but, um, you know, get him up to speed. And 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 his body will tell him, and then that will guide us. We
1: obviously haven't seen him in a long time, but you've seen him in the building, what he's been doing with- how much work has he been putting in and what kinds of things has he
2: been doing? You know, he's a lot like uh Sidney Jones was last year. You know, he's haunting the hallways, he's um, you know, he's staying current with what we're doing. You know, can't he couldn't participate in any walkthroughs uh, in any fashion, so but he's out there observing them all. Um he's he's in a different different position than Sid was last year. Sid was a rookie that had never played timmy's a veteran player that's um played a lot of football for us and for other people around the league so you know once he's able to physically start feeling it and be able to get out doing drills with someone other than the trainer all due respect to those guys i mean it's just about with his teammates out competing against the offensive guys maybe run some scout team cards you know things like that he'll start getting back in the flow of things um you know i mean but but to go in with any expectation i think um does doesn't do doesn't do the right thing by him. We just sort of take it one day at a time and see where he is. When he's ready, when he's ready, we'll get him back out there.
0: Did you realize, like last spring, that he was going to be gone for this long?
2: Well, back in back in OTAs and not and not in the off season, but once um, you know, but once once we were going, then we had a pretty good idea where it was going to take us. Um, you know, we were hopeful that you know he'd come back sooner, but you know just is what it is. You've been talking about the lack of turnovers this year, but you got a big one against the Jaguars from Abonte. What did that mean for the team? Yeah, that gave us a spark um, right there at the end of the first half. Um, you know, and, and and getting them, you know, some t- some takeaways, um, you know, sort of just happen. Um, you know, there's some that you earn. I thought that was one that was earned. He did a good job of um, cutting his coverage. He did a good job of um, getting through that tackle. Um Again, I, I sort of like to see us. I think w- w- the next step for us is multiple turnovers, and then probably the next step after that is getting back in the end zone. We haven't been in the end zone after being in the end zone a bunch last year. Um, you know, turnovers are, are game or cha- game changing plays. I thought that certainly um, was could be classified as that. You previously mentioned
0: the one dimensional nature of your uh, defensive tackles,
1: not named named Cox. So what is the, that. What else can we give you in that regard when he can't come back and he can rush the passer in
2: Well, I mean, that's why we liked him. That's why we traded for him. That's why we re-signed him last year. So uh, he was a big part of our success last year. Um, you know, he didn't rush a lot on third down, had some in there, but he was a guy that could win a one-on-one um, away from Fletch, which means an awful lot. And he's also a guy that's really stout against the run, but he also has a good, a good enough, a good enough uh, lateral ability that he can make sideline to sideline play and uh, make some tackles for losses. I think um, you know he's also a guy that brings energy to us on defense. He just loves to play. He gets out there, he plays tough. Um, you know, plays with some, you know, some personality, and uh, be nice to you know when we're able to get him back. That'll that'll be as welcome as his physical talents you know, they just traded for Amari Cooper. Obviously, I'm sure you'll watch him tonight and everything. What What does that do for their offense? Um, you know, how, how does it change things? You know, you know, I think that's, like like you said, you're going you're gonna to have to watch and see. Tonight we'll start to tell that um, picture but or tell that story, I, I, I should say. Um, they didn't give up a first-round draft pick to sit him on the bench. They didn't give up a first-round draft pick to uh, – you know, to run him as a decoy, they they got him to to get the football, too. So I think they'll try to get him up. Um, you know, he's, he's a young player, but he does he is a little bit of a veteran. He's been in a couple different uh, offensive schemes. Usually guys like that, teams can get up to speed pretty quickly. Um, they got him last week. I would assume he'd be up to speed and ready to go tonight, and you'd see him. Um, you know, he just adds another good player to him. You know they've had a little bit of transition over the last year. They lost Witten to retirement, um, moved on from Des Bryant. Um, you know, so there's a little bit of, little bit of different dynamic. Couple changes on the offensive line. Um, you know, it puts another playmaker on the field for him. And um, you know, he's a guy that we'll certainly have to look out for. But I think tonight will tell, will start to tell the story. So you watched that Rams Saints game last night. I'm just wondering your, your thoughts about their offenses obviously having to face both teams. Yeah, I mean, we're. It, it's it's hard to look. You can't look past the Cowboys. I, I don't think that would be right for me to comment um, with the Cowboys coming up this week. Back the transition with the Cowboys and Dez and Jason Witten, who are obviously veteran players, have they changed a lot in the passing game without those two guys, or are they trying to do the same things, just don't have uh, the same veteran leadership? Now they have new wrinkles that um, they've added. Um, but you know, anytime you take a hall of fame tight end away and a, and a marquee wide receiver way, there's going to be changes in the dynamics. Um, you know, it just sort of is what it is. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is still playing really good football, not only in the, in the run game, but in the pass game. Um, you know, Swain's done some nice things at tight end. He, he's, he's not Jason Witten, but he's done some nice things there. And I think that as you see the years go on, um, Prescott has become more comfortable in what they're doing and his ability to, um, you know, throw guys open, make tight throws, do those kind of things. Um, you know, that every, everybody's a work in progress at every point of time, but I think, uh, there has been significant, I mean, it's, it, you, you don't just see the same thing team that we played three years ago or two years ago, 2016, when, uh, when we first got here, um, that being said, there's some tough outs there. Cole Beasley's, uh, you know, playing really good football. I like, guess I mentioned the running back. I think Prescott's elevated his game. Um, you know, they've uh, they, they certainly present some challenges. They've been hot sometimes this year too, as an offense. They've had some times where they haven't been, but they've had some times where they heated up. That it was uh, hard for defenses to stop them. It's going to be a good challenge for us. Well, you know, the field was so difficult to get any traction on that it really made it hard to generate um pass rush it was hard to push on guys it was hard to corner um you know so we made a decision to, to blitz probably about twice as much as we normally normally did in the game that probably had a lot to do with it i mean we started the game with it but you could just i've been on those fields before and um it's, it's difficult. You know, we were off our feet an awful lot, not just in pass rush, but in coverage and everything else. It's just hard to, to generate the same kind of pass rush that you're normally used to having, so you have to create it some other way.
0: Jim, with all the injuries up front, you guys have still been
1: a top-five run defense. What have you done to uh, replicate the efficiency that you
0: lost with Timmy and some of those other guys?
2: I mean, everybody's got a job to do in the scheme. Um, you know, I think that's it. Our guys take a lot of pride in stopping the run. Honestly, our biggest thing in stopping the run the last few weeks has not been run game, it's been quarterbacks. And that's the, the bulk of our rushing yards the last couple of weeks from Cam Newton and from Bortles have been quarterback scrambles. There's been some air in some of our rushes. Again, hard to, hard to um, you know, be extremely critical because the field, what made it tough to do that, and then the week before, you have a guy like Cam Newton. That's a you know a tough guy to get down, but you know those those still count as rush yards, even though they're not part of our run defense. I guess you'd say. Um, but our guys take a lot of pride in it. They understand that their ability to rush and things like that depend on stopping the run. So. I was actually going to ask you about that. I mean, Luck was I think four of the five leading rushers against you guys are quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Luck had the long run. Uh, Mariota had some some. It, it, is there any kind of th- common theme on those on those big plays that you need to fix? Yeah, I mean, I think the big plays are probably the the, the biggest thing. I mean, quarterback scrambles really fall in the like two categories that that as a defense coordinator you get concerned about. One is when they're scrambling for first downs, moving the sticks, and but we saw Bortles do that. That was probably their best way to move the sticks um and then the other one is explosive plays those plus 20 plays and we've seen some of those um you know it's 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 layered so many different ways if you blitz sometimes there's air and there's room for those guys that was probably more Andrew Luck other times you're playing zone and you're defending deeper routes and you're back and then you got a closed space each one's a little bit different but I I don't think it's a, a secret to say that that's you know that's one of the things we have to we have to um, do a better job with, and really, in my mind, it, it falls in two ways: stopping for, or keeping them from scrambling for first downs, particularly third down conversions, and then um, the long runs. You know, take those off the board. How did, uh, change offensive line coaches. I wondered if, in your <coughs> career, that you've uh, played a team shortly after an offensive line coach change, and either way, did you anticipate a, a Tremendous
0: change in technique or in scheme or
2: anything from them up front? Well, I mean, I think that, first of all, I, I I don't recall. I know that's been done before. I mean, it's it's not unusual to see a coaching change in the middle of the season. Um, but they have a body of work, and I think you look at where they were last year, where they are this year, um, you know, I would, I would anticipate them probably more getting back to some of the techniques they used over the last couple years. Um, but we'll see. I mean, the good thing about it is it, it gives us a little indicator tonight. They've had a week to practice. Um, you know, they've, they've had a chance to put a game plan together. Um, most of those guys are experienced players that could probably can flick a switch and go back to different techniques. But uh, we'll have a lot more information probably about 1130 tonight. I to run on you, Jim. And it was mainly attributed to the fact that you guys were jumping out to quick leads and teams were having to play catch up. This year, that's not happening. But teams still aren't running against you. Uh, does that surprise you at all? And, and if, if it doesn't, why do you think it's the case? Uh, you probably have to ask them. Um, you know, we, uh, there's there's so many there's so many layers to run defense now. A run can be called and it's still a pass. Advantage throws outside, RPOs, um, quarterback, or, and then pass plays can be called and they can still run it. Um, quarterback can scramble. Um, you know, read option type things, um, you know, I, I, our biggest thing here, and, and you know me, it's all about getting stops, it's all about keeping points off the board, if that means giving up a lot of rushing yards and not much passing yards, then hey, that's the way it goes, if it means the, the opposite, that's the way it goes, I mean, you know me, I they don't give any more points for a rushing touchdown than they do a passing touchdown, it's our job to keep points off the board, however that happens, it happens, but I think the Probably the one thing I would say there, it, you, the, the passing game and the, and the run game are melting together so much that it's not about taking one of them away. It's about limiting the offense, if that makes any sense. It was, it
1: was the first game with on IR. You had long over the snaps. Is that how you want
2: to go going forward here, or do you want sweat in issues? No, we'd like sweat to get a little bit more. We knew we had the bye week coming up, so those guys sort of emptied the tank a little bit. Going forward um, – like to get him in there a little bit more, but those guys are veteran players. They knew what the situation was. They knew we really needed a win, and they also knew that as veteran players, they got a chance to get a week off and get their bodies right a little bit. So I think all those went in, um, went into the decision there. Okay, all right, guys, thanks. Hello, you are listening to Simone De Rochefort, one of the hosts of the Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.